Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Perspective, the show where we have a conversation about our differences to learn more about how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. If we were to look up the word disruption in the dictionary, a list, and it is a long one, of everything that has happened thus far in 2020 would likely appear. Dealing with disruption can be difficult. A divided nation rife with social unrest has many employers and business owners taking a second look at reimagining strategies around diversity, equity, and inclusion. My guest is an expert in this area. He is Donald Jenkins. He is the founder of the Purpose Development Institute right here in Atlanta. Donald Jenkins, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me today. Forbes Magazine last year reported that when this training happens, it tends to fail largely because employees are resistant to it. Why is that? Well, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the whole employer piece. Uh, last year, August, 2000, August 19, 2019, the Business Roundtable uh, published an article that talked about how major CEOs was going to redefine the purpose of the corporation. In other words, that was a shift taking place from shareholder profit to really understanding how to value the employees. And a large portion of that included diversity and inclusion for the workplace. And needless to say, you and I both can agree that they were well ahead of the game when it comes to COVID-19 and the social injustices that we are seeing here uh, in our country. So one of the biggest things that we discovered in our, in our research is that for the last 50 plus years, companies have focused on policies. In other words, let's get all the policies in place to address the social unjust injustices that we're seeing in the world so that you know we can at least have an appearance that we are socially conscious when it comes to our employees as well as our customer base. But what they're finding out is that employees are basically beginning to be, become what we call diversity fatigue. In other words, they've had enough implicit bias training over the years because typically what we've done is that we've done the same thing over and over and over and over again to just get the same results so that that article that you mentioned about four they said one of the top reasons why employees resist is because people feel like that they're going to be victimized you know they feel like that they are at fault in this particular situation so when you have a policy in place you pretty much put people in a position where they become polarized. And what we've done here at the uh, Purpose Development Institute, we put together what we call a galvanized solution. In other words, we help companies how to transition from a policy to a purpose. Because when purpose is a part of the formula, we found out that the buy-in to diversity and inclusion is gonna be tremendously higher 
than when employees simply just see a policy that they have to abide by. Tell our audience more about the Institute and how you came to do this work. The Purpose Development Institute, uh, this has been a 30-year process for me specifically of just basically sitting back and examining what was going on, number one, in our country. You know, one of the things that I say about our country is that we're a content-rich country. And kind of, I'm sure that you can agree that we have content like crazy. But yet at the same time, one of the most dysfunctional countries on the planet. So in other words, we have some of the best thought leaders in the world from the spiritual growth space to the personal growth space. But yet at the same time, people are struggling to bring this content to life. So I went to work. Uh, me, my wife, who was, a, who was my business partner, Dr. Lily Jenkins, we went to work to see what these deficiencies are. Because one of the things that we didn't want to do was to duplicate what organizations were already doing because we don't believe in wasting their time. And we certainly don't believe in wasting our time. So we tried to figure out and examine through research, what are those deficiencies? What's keeping people from engaging in the content that they're seeing? And this is one of the problems that we see with diversity and inclusion as well. You know, they get a lot of content, but they still struggling to bring that content to life. So in our research, we identify what we call purpose deficit disorders. We call it PDD. And PDD is something that affects every person in every organization. And what PDD does is that it hinders our highest growth potential. In other words, at the Purpose Development Institute, we have identified that every person has what we call superpowers. And their superpowers, and especially in diversity and inclusion, and how we interact with each other, is how do we reach our highest growth potential? And if purpose deficit disorder is there, we factor purpose out of the formula, we're gonna struggle in that area. And this is where we find many of our clients, both large and small corporations, they're struggling big time in this area because they're spending a lot of money, investment dollars on making sure that employees understand how to create awareness for diversity and inclusion. But PDD is an unseen enemy that works behind the scene to undermine our return on investment. And that's what we specialize in here at the Purpose of Women Institute, is that we go into an organization and we help companies identify what PDD is and how it affect the employees within their workplace culture. Explain for our audience unconscious bias. I mean, we've heard it, but sometimes I wonder if the audience genuinely understands what it is. We have a very unique way of trying to identify what we call the disease behind unconscious bias. And I think that once we understand what that is, it will allow us to properly identify what unconscious biases are. And we identified it as there's an intersection that we all have that, that cross between our soul meeting the culture. I'm gonna say it again. It's called the intersection where our soul, you know, that part of who we are, our core beliefs meets the culture that we live in. So if we have a deficiency in our purpose within our soul, then we become a product of our culture. And this is where many of those unconscious biases are implanted on the inside of people, you know, like racism. Racism is not something that we're born with. It's something that comes from our culture. So when we grow up in a culture, we're exposed to a culture that 
this is one of the driving forces of that culture. And simply because we don't have that uh, high purpose IQ, we have that deficit in purpose, then guess what happens? We become a product of that. So our unconscious biases are basically a reflection of what we have become a product with in regards to our culture, the culture that we grew up with or the culture that we work in because there are a lot of workplace cultures that are toxic. And, and this is where many of those biases are propagated as well. How does a person become aware of the unconscious bias they may hold, this reflection of the culture in which they grew up? Well, it, it, having conversations like this, and many companies are going through this process right now, they're having conversations about uh, unconscious biases, bringing awareness to things that they, you know, many people are not racist, you know, that these are just biases that they picked up from their culture and these biases have influences on them. So when they get into an environment where there's, there are different cultures, different interaction with people that, you know, create new experiences, this is where the awareness, you know, have the tendency to increase. And this is where most companies are at right now. But one of the things that we try to do here at the Purpose Development Institute is that creating awareness is great, but that's just the beginning. That's not, the bulk of the work of diversity and inclusion. From there, we have to understand how to create a blueprint, put people on a pathway to reach their highest growth potential so that now they can outgrow those biases. Because the same way that biases are constructed through our culture, we can deconstruct those biases. And that's what we do here at the PDI. Is that a part of what you teach and discuss when you talk about transforming policy into purpose? Absolutely. Uh, it's a critical component of that. In fact, we have what we call uh, a, a diversity purpose IQ assessment. We're the only company in the world that, that administered this assessment. Now, here's the reason why it's important. Because we're in a climate right now where people are are asking for change, you know, uh, let's change the laws, let's reform the laws, let's reform, let's change the uh, names of schools and military bases and, you know, all these different things. But what about the change in attitudes and behavior? Because one of the things that we always tell our clients is you can't change what you can't measure. So what we've done with our diversity purpose IQ, we've taken all of this research data that we have in regards to the genius of purpose and we come up with the measure so that people can identify weak spots in regards to how to scale their growth potential how to use purpose to scale their growth potential so that now they understand what they what they need to change instead of me just approaching someone and say you need to change your attitude you need to change your behavior you know, that hadn't worked over 50 years. You know, we, we create awareness and the awareness alert us to what we need to change in regards to our unconscious biases. But what about that blueprint that's going to help me tap into my superpowers? My superpowers is my highest growth potential. And when I can understand how to embrace that, then I can put myself on the pathway for change. After George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, now Jacob Blake, more people, especially people who are of the dominant culture, 
seem to have more of a heart for these diversity and inclusion conversations. Donald, is it fair to say that the work that you're doing in this space has changed? Yes, it, uh, it has changed uh, from what we do, because one of the things you got to continue to remember is that D the DNI work for us has always been different. You see, it's been different from the traditional way of approaching it for the last 50 years since the passing of civil rights in 1964 and 1968. Uh, because we try to rescue our clients out of what we call insanity, doing the same thing over and over, trying to expect different results. So the work that we do, yes, it's changed simply because what we try to tell our clients is that diversity and inclusion is soul work. See, when I just focus on implicit bias training, that's head knowledge. So how do I move the head knowledge to help people have heart knowledge? Heart knowledge is where change begin to take place. And our work here at the Purpose Development Institute we have the systems and the, and the mechanism to help our clients understand how to make that transition from head knowledge to heart knowledge. So I think that a lot of clients and a lot of organizations are realizing that, guess what? I'm having to do more heart, heart, heart work now, soul work, because that's what we're seeing in the protests and in the streets of America and all across the world. We're seeing people take their hearts to the street and it's coming to the marketplace, it's coming to the boardroom. So we have to make sure that we master new skills on how to do soul work in the marketplace. So yes, it has changed. Is this heart knowledge and this heart work how someone begins to transform into a better version of themselves? Absolutely. And it's a blueprint. It's a, it's a very practical, it's so simple that, you know, I sometimes wonder how we miss it, but it's a very practical solution you know, to help us understand how to, number one, treat the disease, because the disease is in the heart. And most of our clients, when we come to them, they're treating the symptoms. And if you're going to continue to treat the symptoms, you're not going to be able to sustain change over a long period of time. But when we start doing this soul work, this deep soul work, now we're beginning to treat the disease. Because one of the things that you know, out of all the things that we've seen during this period of time is that people saying, yes, we need to reform the justice system. We need to, you know, change all these things. But what about reforming the heart? Because when we help people reform the heart, then we can begin to tear down the walls of systemic racism. Donald, there are some folks who don't believe that systemic racism is a thing. What do you say to them? Well, I have a gentleman by the name of Professor Candola from uh, the UK. And uh, he have, he, he's posed that same question all the time from major CEOs. And they always come to him and say, hey, look, systemic racism doesn't exist in my company. Systemic racism doesn't exist in my world. And his, his biggest question to them is, show me the data. And every time he asks the question, no one can produce the data that it doesn't exist. So Dr. Candola, they went to work, he and his team, and they compiled a tremendous amount of data to show that racism didn't just go away and mutated like a virus to where people think that it doesn't exist. 
but it still exists in the 21st century. What do you do with a heart that is hardened to change? Is can you can you can you soften it, or is, are some of those people just lost causes? Let me give you a, a very powerful story uh, of John Lewis, the late Congressman John Lewis. Uh, we know in 1961 he was a part of the Freedom Ride uh, uh, process of integrating interstate travel and you know, same waiting room for people across the South. And they made a stop in Rock Hill, South Carolina, where they were greeted by an angry mob in which one of the gentlemen that was there was a part of the KKK. And he was the gentleman that actually beat him and a lot of the people that was on the Freedom Ride bus during that particular uh, time. And, 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 and John Lewis, you know, being the man that he was, that he's affected, his legacy has affected so many people. Uh, he didn't press charges. He didn't try to retaliate because here's the thing that he realized. He knew that his purpose was bigger than his pain. And we have to understand that our purpose is bigger than our pain. But here's the, here's the, here's the caveat of this story. Is that 48 years later, in 2009, Mr. Elwin Wilson, this gentleman that beat him, ask for forgiveness. So the question is that it took him 48 years to reach his highest growth potential. 48 years. But he got there. So that goes to show that the hardest of hearts can change when we have the mechanism to help people reach their highest growth potential so that now they don't have to go through life events and life events become their teacher to help them reach this critical stage in their life. It's one thing to bring a team in for DNI training, half day, full day. How do you take that classroom workshop experience and expand that into what you're talking about into heart reform and one's everyday living? We have uh, in our diversity purpose training, we engage our clients in what we call 11 exercises. And in these 11 exercises, they conduct an exercise on how to create their own blueprint to become a better version of themselves. There's a saying, a mantra that we always have in our training, and that is when you help people pour their heart in creating a better version of themselves, then they're gonna pour their heart in creating a better culture. So we help our clients create that blueprint so that now outside the classroom, that blueprint is beginning to bring content to life. We, we talked about this at the beginning of this program, is that people are struggling to bring content to life. So in, that, in those 11 exercises, we raise their purpose IQ. And when you raise their purpose IQ, then guess what? They take more responsibility to bring this content to life. You've written about the rules of unconscious bias. You say there are like four rules there. What are they? Yeah, those four rules are, are critical. And just, you know, just real short, the, the, the number one goal for those four rules of unconscious biases is to preserve the value of purpose. And that is a, that's a strategic plan. You know, we all can preserve the value of purpose. But if we violate those four rules that we talk about in our training, then we're not going to be able to preserve the value of purpose. Now, why is that important? It's important because the value of purpose, it, it allow us to prioritize purpose in three areas. Number one, in our awareness. 
So now when we look into our environment, when we interact with other people, one of the first thing that we're looking for is how can I base this interaction on purpose? Secondly, it preserve how we use purpose as a resource. So now that I am interacting with people that are different than me, well, purpose is going to be my resource that's going to allow me to add more value to this person. And then lastly, the value of purpose is responsible for us taking responsibility. So if I don't preserve that by violating those four unconscious bias rules, I'm going to lose those three things. Then I'm going to become, watch this, irresponsible for my growth potential and adding value to the people that I come in contact with. Mr. Jenkins, I know much of the work that you do is with, uh, in corporate America, large organizations, large corporations, but you and I both know that it's really the small business person that drives America's economic engine. How does the work that you do apply to those types of businesses where you may not necessarily see the diversity and inclusion that you do in a larger organization. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I'm a part of a uh, medical practice association and uh, we offer CEU credits to these medical practices that scattered all across America. And they are small practices. You know, some of them might be less than 10 employees. And they're getting more out of this training than our large corporations are. Because again, it all boils back down to helping individuals become a better version of themselves. And even if they're in a small office and, it, and they're all white, you know, and they, they even understand how becoming a better version of themselves can allow them to add, verge, uh, add more value to individuals that are in the office so that they can create a culture where everybody is valued. So it's all about culture. So this same process that work in large corporations, it's the same process that work in small corporations because this is, the, this is the finality of what I just explained. We're all in the people business, regardless of whether we're a large organization or small organization. And when you're in the people business, it automatically opened the doors for the purpose business. So even my smaller clients understand the value of being in the purpose business as well. If somebody is in the audience and wants to be involved with you or perhaps retain services of the Purpose Development Institute, how do they contact you and connect? Well, go to our website. Uh, it's, you can reach it at uh, www pdiatl.com and that's pdi which is the initials for purpose development institute atl.com and there's an event calendar on our website so you can access you can schedule a time to do a 30-minute discovery call with us and it's where we come on the line to really identify and understand what our clients needs are because we we're consultants as well and what we try to do is wrap a solution around the issues that they might have when it comes to human capital within the organization. Most rewarding thing for you and your wife in doing this work, and that's my last question for you. I'm always interested in, in why people do what they do. Clearly, it seems as if you know, you, you, you've changed your heart and you've found your purpose. Uh, is that what it is? 
Yes, uh, but it, it's deeper than that, especially when it comes to DNI work. Uh, Ten years ago, I had a uh, a cousin that lost his life to racism, and uh, he lost his life simply because he was a senior in high school and he fell in love with the Caucasian young lady, and her father did not approve of the relationship. Unfortunately, uh, he and this young lady decided to end their life because they couldn't see themselves living without each other. So, you know, having that in mind. It, it showed me the ugly tentacles of racism and, and how it tears the fabric of America. And, 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 and the most fulfilling thing to me is that, yeah, I've had a heart change, but when I can help my clients make this transformation from where they are, low diversity purpose IQ, to being able to raise that diversity purpose IQ and begin to bring forth positive human qualities to affect change. That's my reward. Donald Jenkins, uh, founder, CEO of the Purpose Development Institute. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program crafted with you in mind. If there's a guest you'd like to hear interviewed or a perspective you think should be explored, let me know. If you're old school, just write me. 1601 West Peachtree Street, Northeast, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Or message me via social media. I'm Condos Presley on Facebook, Condo29 on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this very same time as we examine another perspective. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.